Imagine, if you will, a podcast. A podcast beyond that which is known to man. It exists in both fandom and discovery, in viewing and critiquing. My name is Matt Hurt. This is Anthology. And welcome to Anthology, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. If this is your first time listening, Anthology is a podcast exploring science fiction anthology storytelling during television's first golden age, beginning with The Twilight Zone. Each podcast, I share my thoughts on an episode of this iconic series as a first-time viewer, as well as share some trivia about the episode. I then end each podcast with a bonus review of a movie or show related to the week's episode. You can find more of Anthology at AnthologyPod.com, and if you want to contact me, you can like the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash AnthologyPod. You can tweet me at ObsessiveViewer, send an email to Matt at ObsessiveViewer.com, or call and leave me a voicemail at 317-762-6099. And if you like what you hear and you want to support the podcast, the easiest way to do that is to head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. The more ratings and reviews I get, the easier it will be for people to find the show in iTunes' search results. Also, if you wish to support Anthology with your wallet, there's a donate button on AnthologyPod.com and a link in the show notes of this episode. Every donation made using that donate button goes directly toward the fees to keep the podcast running. And for the first time ever on the podcast, I have a guest. I have uh, Brandon Cruz from Submitted for Your Approval, fellow Twilight Zone podcaster and podcaster in general. Um, Brandon, how you doing, bud? Hey, man, I'm doing I'm doing all right. Nice. It's good. It's good. It's good to be here, man. And uh, it's good to, to talk to you again. We last time we talked was was last year sometime. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, you had me on for uh, to review Execution for That's season right. one of uh submitted for your approval which yeah, i had a blast right. oh yeah so definitely yeah, gotta I, get you on for this I, I was so i was so glad to, to have you on and and uh it you know it's really cool just getting getting so many different people onto the show um and then you know you and i we had that that common that common anthology bond yes <laughs> and uh i i don't i don't remember how did i get a how did we first get in, in touch it was like I think what happened was it was back, let's see, when was it last? Probably March or April when I was like starting to, cause I took that hi- hiatus from, uh, from anthology and like I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to start this back up again. Let's see if there are any other Twilight Zone podcasts that have cropped up. And, like I found submitted for your approval. And then like I was listening to an episode. And I was like, I'm just going to shoot an email. And then we started emailing back and forth. I think that's right. the genesis of this, uh, pod friendship. Um, yeah, the, the, yeah, the Sega Genesis of friendships. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, it uh, and you know it blossomed from there. Um, yeah, absolutely. And now, and now we're we're metaphorically holding hands. We in the podcast space. We are. Yes, yes. And I did not <laughs> wash mine, so I don't. Oh, know. Yeah. I don't know what that's supposed to even mean, but yeah. Anyway, hey, but but I got. <laughs> I got. I got to tell you, I haven't washed mine either. So, and that—that's how our bond has grown so so much. Exactly. That's how we're morphing into. (laughs) We're connected by the bacteria. Bacteria of the internet. (laughs) Ah. Anyway. (laughs) So, before we lose any more listeners in this weird tangent, (laughs) um, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and your history with the Twilight Zone? 
All right. Yeah. Uh, so I am, I'm Brandon Cruz, as you already mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, in this, I do run, uh, a Twilight Zone podcast, uh, submitted for your approval. Um, right now, that podcast, I'm going through from episode one all the way to the end of the series eventually, right? Uh, just, just bringing on different folks, different personalities, talking about their work, talking about their, uh, their experiences with the Twilight Zone. And the really cool thing is, uh, there are some people who have never seen an episode or, or known they've seen an episode all the way to experts in the field. Uh, I have been, I mean, I've just always loved the Twilight Zone. I think one of my earliest television memories is uh, watching the Twilight Zone while I was home from, from school. Uh, and it was the dummy, I believe. And it freaked me out. Uh, that along with child's play made me kick like my, my buddy dolls, like throw it into the, <laughs> the, the closet nice. and just like, just be scared to death. Um, and then of course, you know, the, the 4th of July marathon, the, the new year's marathon, it's just always, it's been like a tradition of me, mine to, to watch the show and, and be a part of it. And just the morality that Rod Serling has, I think whether I knew it or whether I knew it or whether I know it or not, or maybe I do know it cause I'm talking about it, but whatever, I feel like it's influenced me a great deal in, in just the way I view the world. And so I think that's really important. Very cool. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things that propelled me to start this podcast is that I have not, I did not have that experience at all, or I haven't had like the experience with the show. So that's one of the things that I'm liking about as I'm meeting people, just in, in general who like email in and, and, and through p- other podcasts who grew up with this or had this show impact their lives in such a significant way. And so I'm really happy that you decide to slum it with me <laughs> and be on this podcast today. Um, because it's, I'm, it's not, it's not, it's not <laughs> slumming, man. Like your, your, your stuff is solid. Oh, thank so you. really, if anything, we're on Skype right now and you can see what my, what my studio looks like, mm-hmm. which is just a sweaty garage. So, <laughs> I mean, if anybody's slumming it, you're slumming it by talking to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or not exactly, but you know what I mean. God. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Whereas my side of it is just, I'm in my living room and you can see part of my DVDs, but that's it. Um, Settlers of Catan up there. Yeah. Unopened. Unopened. Get out. I know. I know, right? Yep. <laughs> no, I bought it. And then my friends that I was planning on, like, like I bought it because we were going to play it and everything. They moved to uh, stayed over. So we yeah. haven't really uh, gotten the logistics down with it. But anyway, um, so tell me about Submitted for Your Approval, which I already know everything, but it's for the benefit of the listeners now. <laughs> uh, no no problem at all. Uh, I'll just I'll just tell you like you don't know what it is. Okay. Uh, and and maybe I'll tell it like I don't know what it is. That's sure. that's dumb. That would be kind of so, weird. That would be yeah. like what I do every week here on the podcast with the Twilight Zone. <laughs> um, I think it's like just like a bureaucracy style podcast. <laughs> like you submit things and then approve sure. them. Uh, uh, so let's submit it for your approval. Is um, as I as I mentioned before, I'm going. Um, chronologically through through the series, each episode of the podcast, I I with a guest, a guest and I, man, grammar's not my strong suit. Um, <laughs> anyways, so so a guest comes onto the show, and then we talk about a specific episode chronologically through the the show's history. And uh, so I've I've had 
I've had some really cool people. I've had um, this guy, Obsessive Viewer Podcast, and also hey, Anthology Pod. Hey, that's me. Pod. Uh, I've, I've had my <laughs> wife. She's she's been on a couple times. Usually drunk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I've had I've had other really cool stuff. I've, cool folks. I've had uh, Ali Gertz. She's a comedian out in, in Los Angeles. I've had uh, Graham Elwood, who's also a comedian. And I've had some lesser known folks who are just amazing. Uh, Dr. Steve Gronert Ellerhoff. He, um, he was, he written a uh, book on Carl Jung and Kurt Vonnegut. So he's cool. And then probably one of my favorite guests so far this season is a a doctor out from Ireland. And she is just, she is just amazing. Uh, we, we recorded the episode and then we talked for like another hour just about miscellaneous stuff. That's awesome. So uh, that's doc. That's Doctor Miranda Corcoran, mm-hmm. by the way. Nice. Um, and what episode yeah, so, was it that she was on? Uh, she was on the Howling Man. She helped me gotcha. talk about the Howling Man, nice. and she uh, she went in and talked a lot about the Universal horror movies and and how that episode specifically is is kind of a change of pace for the Twilight Zone because it was had a more gothic feel and. And I, I tend to agree with her in the sense that there's not really any other episode that has that, like, like it could be a universal monster movie nice. <laughs> if if they really wanted to to expand that out. Um, but yeah, I, I just I really like bringing on uh, other people to talk about the show and really give their unique perspective on these th- the content. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sometimes the sometimes the episodes aren't that great. Uh, like, uh, Mr. Beavis yeah. specifically. Uh, yeah. but I had, I had, I had my boss come on for that one and he's a really rambunctious, <laughs> really kind of crazy guy. And he's, he's given me crap actually for like the last two months saying like, man, can, let me do another episode. One that, one that's nice. more twilighty. So. <laughs> nice. I really enjoyed that episode because I don't know that it's kind of fun to talk about. The, the lesser episodes, I guess, well, at least on your end, I'm sure it is because, you know, you have people to play off of. But I also listened to, uh, The Mighty Casey and <laughs> yeah. that episode with, uh, oh, um, your friend Matt. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Sizemore is super into baseball. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but the imitation of the, like, the, uh, like slide whistle noise effects and stuff that you guys were doing back and forth. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just cracking up at that, and I don't know if it was just I was delirious or what, but I thought that was really that was a really fun episode to listen to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you know I I don't know if we we talked about it on the podcast that that episode, but he and I we used to just exchange noises back and forth to each other. He, he used to drive me to he he'd pick me up because uh, we went we were in high school together. He'd mm-hmm. pick me up, and before he'd pick me up in his car, I'd call him up and I'd say, "Hey, Matt." I'm ready to go. But before I did that, I would just make a noise like, oh, and then he'd respond, oh, and then we just, we'd go squam, squeep, squap for just for five minutes straight. And my mom's like, Brandon, get off the phone and go to school. Right. So that's, that's, that oh, guy. that is, that is so many levels of weird and ridiculous, but I like yeah. it. <laughs> you should, you should see our Facebook IM chats. We, we have this tradition where we just say O oh to each other. Really? And I think our, rec- I think our record is no, no joke saying O oh to each other for about an hour. <laughs> oh, so. wow. That is, that is terrific. I like it. 
we're, we're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to go that far, but All right. anyway, um, <laughs> so today on the podcast, uh, I actually didn't think to mention this before introducing you or anything, but today on the podcast, we are basically reviewing season one, which is, this is just kind of a, a wind down kind of episode, just kind of a loose conversation about some of our favorite and not so favorite things about season one of the Twilight Zone. Um, because I've finished reviewing the first season at long last. It took me like a year and a half, but I finally did it. And, uh, yeah. So I'm really excited to, uh, to kind of chat about it as a whole. And, uh, yeah. So why don't we kind of get started here and just why don't you go ahead and tell me your thoughts on the season overall? Well, you know, the, the show, if it, if it wasn't good overall, it wouldn't still be a thing, right? It wouldn't be in our, in our pop culture consciousness, as it were. And, you know, obviously there, there are some hits and there are some misses. Mm-hmm. Uh, ones we already alluded to, <laughs> the mighty, mighty Casey being one of those hits, I would say. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> Facetiousness mm-hmm. uh, aside, uh, but you know it had it had the whole ep- the season as a whole. Just mm-hmm. I mean, time enough at last. Uh, yeah. You know that's people who haven't even seen the Twilight Zone know that that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Monsters are doing Maple Street. Maybe they don't know the episode. Maybe the, the imagery isn't iconic necessarily, but people know the story. You know, and uh, so. I think there's a lot to be said for for the writing and the the cinematography and everything put together through season one to to make it such a memorable one. I completely agree. It's and this is I'm coming as someone who had really no reference for the Twilight Zone, so I was, I mean, I knew, like you said, it it is endured as a cultural touchstone and, and a cultural piece of our culture culture um <laughs> let me see if yes. i can squeeze in two more culture references there <laughs> but um <laughs> culture culture yeah but it's in it's endured it, it's this it's this piece of pop culture that is very pervasive throughout our society and it's something that i was not privy to growing up as so many people were and coming at it as a 30 year old who is just watching it for the first time ever it's a really interesting experience and having season one to dive into having it be such a strong block of episodes um, is really, really amazing. And it has set the bar really high for me for seasons two through five. <laughs> and, yeah. um, because like you said, and we'll, we'll talk more specifically going forward, but like, I mean, I'm still blown away by the monsters are due on Maple street and I watched it months ago. And that episode yeah. alone is just ridiculously great and resonant and and relevant today and it's just yeah, it's, it's really it's great extremely prescient you know it's mm-hmm. like i you i can't even i don't think you can emphasize it enough i can't emphasize it enough just how relevant it is mm-hmm. that that concept that uh, still to this day as we go into 2017 and get rid of 2016 yeah awful year absolutely absolutely um but yeah, and, and I am so happy that this show has, I don't know, in a word, I would say season one is freaking amazing. I guess that's two words, but it's, it's really amazing. <laughs> and, uh, no, it's, 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 it's hyphenated. So I think it counts as, yeah, as yeah. One. It's, it's freaking amazing. Um, <laughs> but 
<laughs> but it's it's incredible to me because it's something that I've heard about kind of tangentially. I've seen it referenced countless times, and so I have I've come to it with this with this expectation that it's it's going to be a huge great thing, and it 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 met like it lived up to those expectations, and at many points throughout the season. Um, not the mighty Casey, but, um, at many points throughout the season, <laughs> it exceeded those expectations. And that is just something that doesn't really, it's kind of a rarity when it comes, when I, when it comes to me watching stuff, at least I always kind of build it up in my head and yeah. I don't know. I thought season one was just phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, we can kind of get into talking about some of the finer moments of it, I guess, if you want. All right. All yeah, right. ab- absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm here for as long as you need me. All right. <laughs> And well, then and then the Skype call ends. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So I was I have this broken broken down. It's uh, like okay. So I have a survey on the website on anthologypod.com that I'm going to have those answers kind of separate at the end of this episode. So um, I'm not going to bore you with all the responses. And plus, it's a few weeks away, so I want to give people a t- chance to to respond. But um, yeah, I'm, gotcha. Yeah, so uh, let's just go through some of our favorite moments from season one. Like, what's your what's your number one favorite moment from the entire season? Number one favorite moment. Uh, I I'm pretty sure when I did the survey, I probably said this right. <laughs> um, it's it's hard to think of a like a favorite moment mm-hmm. because there are so many good ones, and and you don't want to. You don't want to go for the cliche, uh, Mr. Bemis sitting on the steps breaking right. his glasses. Uh, you don't necessarily, um, want to, um, say that, yeah, uh, jumping off of a bridge or it's jumping off of a train and, and then the, the funeral home saying Willoughby at the, on the back. That, that's the biggest one. Uh, I think that the one that sticks out to me, I, and this is what I think I wrote there originally was, um, in judgment night where <laughs> like that, the whole, the whole loop aspect of it and really him, him getting his comeuppance for eternity. I think that's, I think that kind of hurts. That hurts right, right there. I'm pounding my chest for those right. who can't see. What. <laughs> 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 but there were, there really are, uh, such, such good was, Oh, uh, people are like all over with mm-hmm. Roddy McDowell. Yeah. I, I think, I think that that's a good one too with, with the alien woman in the toga, just like just stepping back in the crowd, and she's like, "Oh, what did I do? I'm a monster." <laughs> she didn't say that, but I, yeah. I'm putting those words into her head. <laughs> if you put if you put the subtitles on, I'm sure it'll pop up. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Closed caption. Yeah. Provided by the Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, those are uh, like like you said, all those are really great moments. And would you say that that would would that be your number one favorite moment? The people are like all over, or is it hard enough to narrow down to one? I'm putting yeah, you on the spot here. I I know I <laughs> I know you are. I'm looking I'm looking at the list just so just so I'm clear and I, I don't have anything messed up. Mm-hmm. Man, man, they're so they're so good. Except maybe the fever. Maybe maybe <laughs> the image of a slot machine standing over Franklin is just <laughs> bar none. It's the best. <laughs> There you if go. you say so, if you say so, I will say I'm still impressed by the sound, the sound effect of it and the way that they did it. It's just, it's incredible. But yeah, that, uh, that didn't <laughs> will haunt my dreams. That will haunt my dreams. <laughs> what, uh, 
Now I'm I'm a, I'm gonna flip the script. What, what's yours? Okay. What's yours? So I have a list of a few here, um, and I really wanted to revisit them because I this is a podcast and it's better to be able to talk about them more clearly. But <laughs> um, the one that jumps out to me, the the my favorite moment probably of the entire season is one of Serling's closing narrations, and it's in. Uh, it's his closing narration from The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street, which I think might be my favorite my favorite piece of writing from the entire season as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like his closing narration is so beautiful and the way that it's put together is like the like the poetry of it and the earnestness of it is so impactful and it it's one of the most like emotionally like resonant moments that I've had. Like I, it resonated with me in a big way because the whole episode is about something that is, it's written in with kind of a, a McCarthyism blacklisting kind of, kind of idea to it. But if you think about it, like it's more indicative of, you know, humanity as a whole. And it's going through, like, if you, like you think back to like the Salem witch trials and, and, like today, like things going on in the world today, like it's all very much relevant. And it's something that I think is sadly <laughs> maybe ingrained in who we are as a society. Um, and his, his whole, his closing narration is just beautiful, beautiful and bleak summation of, of, of his point that he was making in that episode. Um, and I loved it. <laughs> so I think that would so- be my favorite. Yeah, I think that, I think that's a solid example uh, in in a in a great moment. I I don't want to I don't want to to take away from that because it really is. And I joke obviously about the the Franklin stuff. Sure, but but there's there's a reason why Monsters Do and Maple Street is still so relevant. Yeah, and that's absolutely. that's a great example of why. Yeah, um, yeah. So I I loved that, and then there were a few others like. Um, <laughs> I almost want to say the whole episode of The Last Flight because I, I really, I don't know, I really loved that. And also, <laughs> I'm just a, such a fan for time travel. Like, it's ridiculous. So throughout the rest of this episode, I'm going to be talking a lot about, you know, the time travel in this of the season. But um, <laughs> but most importantly, like, Terrence Decker's, like, his redemption at the end of the episode where he, like, he realizes what he needs to do and he goes back and he sacrifices himself for... um uh, the general, it's the general. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's old, old lead bottom, old lead bottom. There you go. Old, <laughs> old lead bottom. I, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the air force as my actual job. Right. And, uh, I always tell people randomly like, uh, get out of here, old lead bottom. <laughs> but nobody, nobody understands that reference uh, <laughs> other than me. So it's, oh, it's that's awesome. Nice. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, yeah. And uh, a couple other ones that I'll just throw out is, uh, um, uh, walking distance again, another time travel episode, the whole conversation with his dad, uh, kind of toward the end is just great. Just, just great. Um, and, uh, finally, I mean, like I, okay, this, at the time of this recording, like my, my review of this episode hasn't popped up yet. So it's the last episode of a world of his own. And the moment yeah. where Rod Serling pops up is like so great. Yeah. I was like, like, 
I did not see that coming at all. And that's, oh, it's, it's so fantastic. I, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's the one. That's the way it goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so great. Oh, it's it, so great. It, it's, just, it's so, it's so self-aware. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. And that's something. I mean, that was, that was a, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I, I was just going to say, and that, that's something that, the Twilight Zone up to that point had never been. And I don't know if it ever will be again because I've, I haven't seen the rest of them, but it's just like, it's so <laughs> cheeky and fun. Yeah. Cheeky. That's a, that's exactly the word I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> cheeky. And, and I'll be completely honest. That's not a word I've, I don't think I've used in at least a, a year. Oh, I have it tattooed on my chest, but yeah, or <laughs> it wouldn't really be the chest that that would, it would have to be a different area for it to be cheeky, but that that That's... was my prison name. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> uh yeah, so so I also have down here favorite twists and endings, which is I don't know. I did not think of the criteria of these of these uh of this <laughs> survey or anything too closely. But um, what are some of your favorite endings of season one, whether they be twists or not? <laughs> um, let's see. I do. I, I, I mentioned that people are like all over. I, I like I like the twist of him, you know, being in a zoo and and really, you know, he not only are. I've, I've talked about this before, but, you know, they they go to Mars they find out, hey, people are alike, all over. That's stupid. That's, <laughs> I mean, that it's not. That's not stupid. My but, explanation in talking about it. Is no, stupid. you're fine. <laughs> so completely disregard that. Uh, <laughs> uh, perchance to dream. That's a that's a that's a great one. Um, it's it's like Inception, but just but just much more bleak. <laughs> yeah. uh, with 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 the Catwoman, lover. Uh, and then let's see. Uh, time enough at last. I, it's. I won't say that it's one of my favorite mm-hmm. because I, I feel like it's not really a twist so much as it is like, oh man, that's kind of that's kind of messed up. Yeah, it's dramatic <laughs> irony or what have you. It's more yeah, ironic it's like, than anything. Yeah, this doesn't help anybody. This <laughs> doesn't help anybody. Um, and guy, you should be more careful with your glasses. Let's be yeah. honest. Oh yeah. Which um, is- but. Uh, Funny. Oh, sorry. sorry, I was just gonna say it's it's funny that time enough at last. Like you said, like you said earlier, that's one of those episodes that people people know the beats of it. People know that at least by my perspective, that's like the one episode that people know more about than any other episode. Just about. And what's funny is that when going through this list and everything, I don't know if you've had this this come up too, um, but it didn't really stick with me that much when when thinking of my favorite moments or favorite episodes or even my least favorite moments i mean it's a really good episode but it's it's weird that it's kind of lost in the shuffle of the greatness of season one for me did you experience that at all um i i didn't experience that exact mm-hmm. um exact emotion or exact thought uh but for for me since i had you know I know about that episode so much. Yeah. It's just one of the ones that it's like the go-to, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, I didn't want to focus on it as much, or maybe I, I just, I didn't focus on it because, you know, it's, it's like when you walk past the same person every day, you don't, you start to not pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when, when a new guy is at the workplace, you're like, Hey, 
that guy. Right. And he's like, whoa, who, why, why are you yelling at me? I'm like, because you're new. And he's like, well, no, I've been here two months. You just haven't noticed me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, another, another one of the, the twisty ones, I would say, is uh, the whole love potion of the, the chaser. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, that, that one's so messed up. And I talk about agency on, on S4YA about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I liked comparing it to the t- Tales from the Crypt episode, mm-hmm. right? Uh, with with Andrew McCarthy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, which I reviewed that for the bonus review, and it's it's funny because I was thinking, like, when starting anthology, I was thinking, like, maybe if you know, maybe if this is fun or successful, maybe I'll start like an anthology horror podcast. Like that Tales from the Crypt episode, I don't want to go off on a tangent or anything. I don't want to sidetrack us <laughs> too much, but it's yeah. like it kind of it's kind of weird. It doesn't really. Like the quality of the of Tales from the Crypt doesn't really hold up as much as like say the quality of the Twilight Zone. <laughs> no. Yeah. It, no. It 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 does it doesn't. It's so <laughs> it's so campy horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, maybe I just I mean, I'm just in it for the the puns. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways. So back, comparing back on topic, it. Yeah. So comparing it to that, how do you feel about the Chaser? Uh, the the end of the Twilight Zone one is is darker. And I actually, I actually preferred the ending to that one. Well, so the chaser, he just ends up being stuck in this relationship with her. She is stuck with him. She has no agency. She is probably like in the back of her mind saying like, no, this isn't what I want. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to be with this guy, but she's, she's forced to. And now he's forced to be with her. Uh, the tales from the crypt, he, he gets killed and then she kills herself <laughs> to be with him. And then in heaven, her face is all messed up. She's like, we're together forever. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, like, up until the end, like, while when watching the Tales from the Crypt episode, I kept thinking, like, oh, man, what did I get myself into with this? And then, like, when that ending hit, I was like, this I might actually like better than what happened in the Twilight Zone. And it's yeah. kind of up in the air. Like, I, I'm not... Ask me on a different day. It'll be a different answer. But it's <laughs> it's kind of hard to gauge because I do like that dark that dark ending of the twilight zone it's more it's more thought provoking than you know just a mangled face in the afterlife um mm-hmm. because she's also revealing someone this is one of the faults of it is that i felt like they didn't really reveal this too heavily because i at the end of it i was like wait did that just happen was that she's pregnant at the end um yeah because she's got the little the little sock <laughs> and i'm like yeah. okay i wish kind of wish that that had a little bit more impact but man that's such a dark ending <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yeah poor kid yep it's oh, yeah. it's it's like i not not to give that episode more seriousness than it deserves but mm-hmm. you know you, you could you could think about people who get into relationships and then they have they have kids and they're they're not they don't really love each other right but they're they're almost they're stuck together for the sake of the child mm-hmm. and and how good is that for for the child right exactly it's 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 really it's really a sad kind of a kind of sad and dark ending for sure. It's uh yeah. it was surprising. It was surprising. Um, so yeah, for, so yeah. <laughs> So on that note, any other favorite twists or endings while we brought this down to such a such a dark level? <laughs> uh I I'm sure I'm sure there are some and I think mm-hmm. as as we go further if one pops out at me, 
yeah. I'll, I'll I'll make sure to to interrupt and go off on another tangent. Sure. All right. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I I only had a couple for this because I was really swamped at work and I didn't have time to really devote to planning this out. I'm terrible. Um, the reveal of the wife in a world of of his own that she is in fact a creation of his like that. I was just kind of like. Like, if you read my notes, it says something like, oh my god, she's fictional too, or she, she's fake too, or, or whatever. And then I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing. <laughs> and it's like, I was so blown away by it, because I did not see that coming. I just thought that it was just going to be more straightforward than that. But they, they played with it in such a unique way, and I thought that was a really cool, really cool way to kind of bring the episode into its final moments. That's, that's really interesting, actually, um, because I... I don't know if I thought about this when I was watching it, um, with, uh, I had my, my friend Daniel on and, and I didn't ask him whether or not he saw the, the twist coming or not. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting that, um, from your perspective, you, you didn't really see that, that coming. It mm-hmm. was just kind of a shock to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's one of those things that I first saw coming the, the very first time I saw it. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's really cool. Um, it's like, it's like watching Westworld. (laughs) So many twists. Exactly. (laughs) And it was, it was just that whole episode. I I thought that was such a great way to end the season because I mean, there's a freaking elephant in that episode. That just, it blows me away. So let's address the elephant in the room. (laughs) Red eyes, but we can't see it. It's black and white. (laughs) So, (laughs) oh yeah. And uh you already touched on this a little bit but the ending of people are like all over is is so great. Um the way that he yells uh Marcuson at the at the sky is just it's so <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's perfect. Um yeah, Ma- so, yeah. Marcuson. Marcuson. You were right. Yeah, uh so great. <laughs> uh my friend my friend Patty who mm-hmm. was on the 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 show a couple times she runs the the, the Twilight Zone Instagram. Mm-hmm. Her and I we we hashtag Marcuson to each other. <laughs> Because that's what it sounds like he's saying. Nice. Like, why is he saying moccasin all yeah. the time? Just, just get him. Just get some new shoes, man. right? <laughs> he just he just wants he just wants some good some good uh some good shoes there. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> people are people are like all over, but shoes moccasins they're they're different different quality. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You got the name brand. That you got, you got like the Kmart like ten dollar ones. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, side sidetrack complete. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, uh, we're good. <laughs> also, uh, I didn't write this down in my notes or anything, but um, uh, long live Walter Jameson. That ending, mm-hmm. like, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's shine a light on that. Um, the special effects were incredible. I thought they were they were yeah. fantastic, um, and very clever. What did you think of of that? For people who haven't listened to your review of it, <laughs> I hated it. It's <laughs> awful. Uh, it is. It's it's really cool that that trans that transformation of mm-hmm. uh, Walter Jameson's face, um, the which is what they use for uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, right? Right. Uh, just 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 changing the the. Um, because it's black and white, and then just changing the filter on there, yeah. 
to to make it look like he's aged in using like different makeup on his face. I that that's a really really cool way to do that transformation. So clever. and they they do they do that again to uh, on the Howling Man in season two. Nice to to help make the devil show up. <laughs> uh, but you know that, that's before CGI was a thing. Mm-hmm. Special you know the infancy of special effects. Just they had to get they had to be creative with these things, and and they really were. And that 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 highlights it right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, real quick, just a, a little side tangent here. Um, going off script. Um, it's not a script. It's just a list of things. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, do you, uh, so what about owning the Twilight Zone? Cause like I, I splurged and I bought the fifth dimension box set DVDs, which are great. Um, but do you, do you own it physically or digitally or are you just going off at Netflix or how, how's your relation to the physical medium with regard to the Twilight Zone? This, this is, this is a going off script. Yeah. Or or your list of things. No, um, you know, I, I forget which collection I have, right? Cause I actually have a few different ones. Like I started collecting them way back, way back when. And then my wife for, Christmas bought me just the the full series. Nice. Um, I I haven't bought it on, on on Blu-ray, um, but I don't I don't do most of my watching using the DVDs. I actually either switch between Netflix, Hulu, or yeah, just the, those two. Mm-hmm. And I, I prefer Hulu just because those are the um, those are the ones from CBS, and they're not they're they're closest to their originals. Interesting, huh? Yeah, and and when you're if you're watching on Hulu, it actually has like the CBS logo in the corner. Nice. (laughs) So, uh, so that's 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 how I prefer to watch them. Mm -hmm. Cool. I like I said, I have the DVDs, but like they just announced the repackaging of the Blu-rays like a few months a few months ago. Um, Are you going to pick that up at all? Yeah, I probably not yeah. I'll, I'll be honest and it's not because i don't want to it's just that i like collecting things but i also like money <laughs> right. and and uh unless there's like there's features that that i need to have that aren't already on the the dvd dvds i have mm-hmm. um it's hard for me to justify to myself and particularly justify to to chelsea over there Who's, who's probably drinking as, as I'm talking about this. Uh, she's not an alcoholic. She just drinks whenever I talk about the Uh, I'm going to edit that yeah, in a very specific way, just so you know. Like, she's drinking. Okay. Oh, she's an alcoholic. You know. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's okay. I mean, one way or the other, just know she drinks a lot and, <laughs> and beats me. No. <laughs> I can't justify oh, buying wow. any more uh, Twilight Zone DVDs uh, to her. Um, not until I get Rick and Morty season two, anyway. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> how about memorabilia or anything? Like, do you have any like Twilight Zone like figurines or or anything like that? I saw. Didn't you just post a thing about like you found a mouse pad or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at some point in time, my in laws they <laughs> they bought me a couple of the uh, Entertainment Earth. Twilight Zone figurines. They mm-hmm. they got me the the Gremlin and they got me uh, David Foster from the Masks. Okay. Um, and and I would like to collect the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I haven't gone down that path yet. And so yeah, the the mouse pad came with that that collection. So uh, I I've gotten some stuff from Disneyland. 
from the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Like, Very cool. Every time, every time somebody goes to Disneyland, especially before January, I say, "Hey, make sure you grab me <laughs> some." Right. S- some merchandise. So I have like a coaster, a Twilight Zone Tower of Terror coaster, and this really cool shirt with with Mickey, Donald, and Goofy in an elevator, and then it drops. Oh, that's awesome! So those 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 cool guys. <laughs> Very well, cool. I also I also I also found a, a random record in a record store that just has like the Twilight Zone theme in disco <laughs> style. What? Um, that's it's 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 really huh. crappy, but I have it. <laughs> wow. I know what the theme music for Anthology Season 2 is going to be. Then. <laughs> I'll, I'll send it right your way. Nice. <laughs> Free of <Yeah>. charge. <laughs> nice. It's funny. I, I was at a convention here in Indianapolis over the summer, and like they had vendors there you know, selling the merch and everything. And there was one vendor that had a lot or a, a sizable amount of just figures and, and action figures and stuff. And they had a few that were Twilight Zone, and I was all like, "Oh man, this is like right when I'm like right when I'm getting the wheels are turning to to get it back on track to get the podcast podcast back, and I'm getting in the groove and I'm I'm more excited about it than ever." And then I like was looking at it, and I was like, "I'm gonna buy I'm gonna buy one because you know it'll start my little I'll have one at work and everything." And then I was looking, and I was like, "I haven't seen any of these episodes yet. I don't want to be." I don't want to be like a poser and like buy one of the one of the figurines from like an episode I'm not going to see for two seasons. So <laughs> I didn't do it, but yeah, that was that was tempting. Yeah, you'll you'll have some guy at your work come up to you and say, "Hey, oh, that's ah oh, man, I love that episode." <laughs> and you're like, yeah, "Me yeah. too." So yeah. it's a devil head. On yeah. top of a, top of a, on top of a box. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Remember, remember when, uh, Williams, William Shatner did this right. and you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I got a, I got a, I got a phone call. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. My favorite part was when, uh, Rod Serling said something in it at the beginning and end. that was a good moment. Um, cause that's <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man. All right. See you later. <laughs> Yeah, so eventually I'll eventually I'll probably get some uh get some stuff to expand on it cuz this is one of the great things about doing this podcast is I'm forcing myself to watch it and not just throw it on in the background when I'm um <laughs> editing the podcast or editing my other podcast or anything. It's just like I'm like watching it like three or four times before recording an episode discussing it with myself. So it's like I'm I'm taking it in a lot more than I would if I was just watching it. So it's a show that deserves yeah. that. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree. I, whenever there's a marathon on, I, mm-hmm. I tend to, even if I'm not watching it, I just have it playing on in the background. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in, in the same way that, that you are doing submitted for your approval has forced me to kind of, kind of look at, look at it more critically and, mm-hmm. and look and look for those themes and about in character development and all that all that uh material mm-hmm. it's not something i look for really anybody looks for unless they're they're looking at it critically right unless right. they're looking for it mm-hmm. was there any um, episode from season 1 that you completely changed your opinion on or it completely changed the way you remember it because you were looking at it through a podcaster and reviewer's eye uh, Again, off script. Uh, <laughs> on the spot. No, I, dude, I think 
I used to think that Mr. Beavis wasn't a, a terrible episode. Okay. Like, like in my, in my head, I was like going into it. I was like, ah, it's not, it's not too bad. That's not too bad. I'll get, I'll give it to Lewis and, and we'll have, we'll have fun with it. I know it's, it's panned, whatever. And then just watching it, trying to look at it just objectively as possible. I'm like, this, this episode kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it to suck, but it really, it's really not very good. Um, and, and that's not because the actors are bad. It's just, you know, obviously it was meant as a, a spinoff show. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of tell that they just half-assed getting it back and putting it in a Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah, that was that was such a rough one. And from my perspective, I didn't know anything going into it because I was kind of blindsided by it. I was like trying to find, and there there were moments in it that I enjoyed. Like it's not, I didn't think that it was the worst thing I'd seen that week or anything. But <laughs> it was also like. Man, what do you watch? What do you watch that there's, <laughs> exactly. there's worse stuff that week? <laughs> um, uh, just wait until my next podcast. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I was trying to, I was trying to pull. I, I can't even think. Anyway, um, no, it was tales from tomorrow, right? <laughs> oh God, um, <laughs> which tales from tomorrow? Uh, tales of tomorrow? Isn't that? Isn't that terrible? Um, I've actually reviewed a couple episodes of it as a bonus review and it, it's not the twilight zone. Like I had this whole idea that I'll go through the twilight zone, then I'll go through the outer limits and then I'll go through like tales of tomorrow. And then, and then like other sci-fi anthology shows. And I'm like, this is going to take like a decade and a half to get through all of that. I'm like, here, let's just, I'm just going to kind of reel it in, focus on the twilight zone. I already took one seven month hiatus. So (laughs) we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, it, you know, and the, the the thing about that too is you're starting with a with a show that is so iconic, mm-hmm. and and you're only going down from here, right. <laughs> like not not quality of your content by any means, sure, but the the content of the shows you're going to start right. reviewing, right? The content, so of, the quality of my content is remains to be seen for sure. <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, needless to say, your work is cut out for you after you finish the Twilight Zone. Yeah. So, oh, congrats. yeah. Congrats. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. I'm <laughs> probably it's it's going to be a mess, but um, yeah. kind of getting getting back on on track just a little bit here. Um, let's talk about some of our favorite episodes of season one. Um, yeah. Your your hypothetically, you're on a comet like. Uh, James Corey and The Lonely. You only have mm-hmm. one episode of The Twilight Zone that you can watch from season one. You have no robot. <laughs> you have no car. <laughs> what is the one episode from season one that you would be saddled with for your incarceration on the comet? Oh man! Oh man! Let me let me look at this list. <laughs> let me look at this list. There's so many. Only one. Gotta... Only one. Uh, I would pick the lonely. No, uh, where is everybody? I'm trying to get away from all these ones that make me really, really lonely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I think actually, I was gonna go with the last flight, but I, I don't know if that would be it. Um, I, I think that if I had to pick one, 
I might pick either maybe the the hitchhiker. Nice. Um, uh, I'll I'll go I'll go with hitchhiker just for sake of argument. Okay. Um, the great Inger Inger Stevens what was in that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I I like that episode. Although there's there's a little part where the the creepy n- navy guy or whatever comes in <laughs> yeah. and he's like. Uh, is like hitting on her still, which, which by the way, Chelsea, my wife, mm-hmm. she's like, she wrote a note for uh, Mirror Image. She helped me with Mirror Image, mm-hmm. and she, she said, in one of her notes, I found it as I was cleaning out the garage. Guys, does doesn't matter if the girl's crazy. Guys want to get in their pants, and <laughs> uh, so I think the Navy guy in Hitchhiker is is exactly like that. He's like, mm. ah, she's crazy, but maybe she'll put out. <laughs> Uh, sure, but yeah. uh, but overall, <laughs> overall, I like I like the Hitchhiker. It's mm-hmm. it's it's re- it's really suspenseful and it's mm-hmm. it's moody, and just it it gave me chills the first time I watched it again. Just at the very end with the reveal that, that she's dead yeah. and like her, like her body just changes mm-hmm. and she everything about her changes and she becomes much more cold. Yeah, and uh, that it's really it's really creepy to me. Oh yeah, that ending where like she when she comes to the realization and she kind of has that just really distant kind of read on her dialogue is just so uh, that's that's sticking with me for a little while. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you you know what? I just changed my mind. Oh, <laughs> just after it's all Mr. that, Beavis, isn't it? <laughs> it's Mr. Beavis. Damn you, Mr. Beavis! Damn you! Uh, he's always he's always coming after me. Him and his guardian angel. Uh, no, I, I changed my mind. It's going to be perchance to dream. Nice, nice. I, I think okay. I think that's the one I I would I would pick because every time every there there's something about it that every time I watch it I I don't get I don't get tired of it. There's not any part of that that I'm like this is wasted airspace or they they dragged it out too long. I think it's a perfect episode. Nice. I I will not fight you on that at all. I don't know why I would, but that that would be terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Break a glass. Exactly. <laughs> um yeah, that's that's a great choice and that's that's an episode that like I haven't really revisited the first like five or six episodes since I started the podcast. Cause I took that seven month long hiatus and like that mm. was a di- completely different format to the podcast. So like, I remember not really being that taken with perchance to dream. And right. I think that that's an episode that I really, it really deserves to have another, um, another pass at from me. Um, but yeah, and I could see that's that's an episode that wouldn't get boring either because, like you said, it's it's very it's something that's very much clever. It's steeped in its cleverness um, of mm-hmm. its storytelling. Yeah, ex- yeah. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and plus, eventually, when I'm on this asteroid and mm-hmm. I'm getting sick of my life, I'll be like, "Hey, that's a good idea. I should jump out of a window too." There you go. And then the great, <laughs> the great Twilight Zone twist is that there are no windows, and uh, you're doomed to not be able to jump no! out. No, <laughs> damn you! You, you finally did it. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I would. I mean, I'd probably pick the monsters are due on Maple Street because I was just so. 
sellout. I know, I know. <laughs> I was just so blown away by that episode. It was that was like that was like an episode where I I got to it. It's like the twenty sec- second episode of the season, I think. And like I've already gone through several episodes. I I know what to expect. And then just mm-hmm. the tightness of the script and how how impactful it was just as a story is felt so right to me like it was it was like this was that was like a moment where i was like okay i'm not just watching i'm not watching and reviewing this classic tv show i'm watching and reviewing what could become one of my favorite shows of all time (laughs) and it's Ah. like it was just it kind of it just blew me away um even though the little kid something about something about the way that he talked i i don't know bug me <laughs> exactly that that's why that's why it can't be one of the ones i take on to the the com or the asteroid sure. with me because i mean he's he looks way too old to be like 12 or whatever yeah. they say he is i mean he, I, I, I say this on my show but he looks like he's 34 like <laughs> he does. like johnny what come on you're 34 now stop <laughs> stop trying to scare us with your, your comic books <laughs> Is that like, a five o'clock work, shadow? I don't. You work at the docks, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah, and and everyone's just so quick to be like, yeah, oh no, comic book. Yeah, right. yeah. That was that was one thing that was kind of like, okay, they're they're a little quick, they're a little quick, but I mean, it's a twenty five minute episode, so um, you, you got it. Yeah, but and I have a few other here, others here, but I that would be cheating a little bit on the concept that I put forth, but. Um, I, would I mean, te- technically, I said two. Technically, that's, I said two. That's true. That's true. I would. I'll put it this way: the monsters of Duel and Maple Street would be my one choice, but I would try to smuggle in um, a stop at Willoughby, Walking Distance, yeah. uh, the Last Flight, um, and probably I shot an arrow into the air. Um, you're, you're smuggling in so many. I know. I, like, I know. Right. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna smuggle in like maybe like yeah. one one maybe two more, but not <laughs> exactly. like it, you're like uh, monsters are doing Maple Street. It's my number one. But I tried to smuggle in. Where is everybody? <laughs> one for the angels, Mister Denton on Doomsday, the sixteen millimeter triangle. <laughs> exactly. I have thirty one others that I can go through. Also. <laughs> <laughs> Cheater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, screw yeah. it. <laughs> but no, I, I would also like. I would probably put special mention on walking distance or the last flight. Really, any time travel one also, because again, time travel. I love it. Um, it's the best. It's it the best. really is. It really is. And I'm kind of hoping. Like this season had a lot of time travel in it. There was, like I said, walking distance, the last flight. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say there was one or two others. I can't remember now. Off the top of my head, I don't have it right in front of me, but I'm kind of wondering, uh, Judgment Night, sort of. Um, but, like, and, and you don't have to tell yeah. me because that would be a spoiler, sort of, but, like, I'm kind of curious how, going forward, like, any other time travel episodes, like, I'm wondering if there are, there are any that are as good as season one. Um, again, you don't really have to answer it, but... Okay, yeah. I won't. Okay. I mean... I, I just we just talked about an episode that um the the trouble with Templeton is kind of okay it's kind of time traveling a little bit a little bit sure <laughs> just a little bit um <laughs> just just a tad bit uh, and I, and I I really like that that one okay um, I, I think there's 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 a couple other ones 
Yeah, there's one with the professor from uh, another one with the professor. Oh, nice. From uh, Ex- execution. That's that's a time yeah. traveling one. Oh yeah, execution. Yeah, and I was just kind of <laughs> yeah the one that we reviewed together <laughs> on your show. <laughs> Jeez. That's 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 what it was. We we couldn't see it, <laughs> right? Because it, it was right in front of our face. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So so we'll we'll see. I'll I'll, I'll we'll see how it goes. Um, how do we forget about the execution? I know uh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the professor oh. is in a, is is in a another tra- uh, time traveling one. Oh, nice. I think I I think I. Uh, I think I f- saw that when I was doing my notes for that episode of, of Anthology, but yeah. Okay, so these can be kind of quick because they're kind of the downer ones, but least favorite moments. Yeah, shit. <laughs> Sorry, about, sorry about, I, was, I was shooting the gun. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> shit. Right. I don't know. You're in this weird window thing in front of me. Like I'm, You're pointing a gun, at, a finger gun at me. I'm going to have to shoot you because... I don't understand things because I'm like the guy in execution. Um, <laughs> that was a really forced reference. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's okay. It works. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, least favorite moments or endings. We can bunch those two together. Um, what were some of the downer moments of season one of the Twilight Zone for you? Or is that too sacrilegious to bring up for this iconic no, property? I, I wouldn't say. I would say... Nightmare as a, as a child mm-hmm. was was an ep, was an ending that I didn't really like, and yeah. the reason I didn't like it was it was too Hitchcockian in the sense that it was. like all right, let's explain things to the audience mm-hmm. instead of letting the audience figure it out on on their own, right? Yeah. At the, at the end of uh, people are like all over. It doesn't. There's not these two aliens that are like outside looking at him inside the cage and talking to each other and said. We are aliens and he's, he's human. He's human from earth. We're not all that different from them. Are we? <laughs> right? right. There's, there's not that explanation. And in nightmare as a child, like that's what these two, this doctor and this, the, the police officer, I think yeah. they're explaining what happens to this young woman. She's like, ah, oh, she's repressed memories. Yeah. Um, so I thought that that was a little forced, you know, that made my list too. It was, it wasn't the whole episode felt like, felt like I was watching like Alfred, Hi- Alfred Hitchcock presents instead of the twilight zone. Um, yeah. yeah. Although, uh, Terry, Oh wow. Uh, Terry Burnham was really <laughs> fantastic in that episode. I thought she was great as a creepy kid. Um, but the episode as a whole just didn't work for me that much. Yeah. It, it, it didn't really for me either. And I, I talked to one of my friends, Carrie, Carrie Poppy, who is on is on a different podcast? Oh no, Ross and Carrie, mm-hmm. and and she it and she was like, "It's an all right episode, but repressed memories that's that's not a real thing. That's <laughs> that's a <laughs> it's a it was, it was interesting talking to her because we just talked about how like this this primitive idea of what repressed memories are and what they're capable of um, in kind of pop culture back then, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and and how about <laughs> least favorite episodes as a whole? Um, I want to say that Mr. Beavis is going to be on on here for you. Is that am I right in that estimation? I think I think that's a I think that's a good conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good conclusion. Yeah, uh, same with me. 
but go go ahead more about mr beavis <laughs> i i don't i don't think there's really anything else to say about the episode that i that hasn't been said mm-hmm. it's just it's just really not a a good episode and i, I watched <laughs> It was one of the few episodes where the before recording, I rewatched it with with my guest, uh, mm-hmm. Luis Reyes, and and he fell asleep on the couch watching it. <laughs> I'm like, dude, we have to we have to record in like 20 minutes about this episode. You're not you're not even watching right now. Uh, and then he got up and he's like, yeah, it was it was boring the second time, too. <laughs> like, all right, cool. Let's move forward. But yeah, it's it's just it just sucks. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Ms. Reeves. Yeah, yeah. It it wasn't it wasn't that good. It really wasn't. And it has like I, I found myself trying to meet it halfway or try to find some kind of something to latch on that would make me enjoy it more. And like when he goes back into the office um after he's accepted that he uh that this is his life and he's gonna lose his job like i i liked the kind of time travel-y thing where it's like he goes in and like this is a different perspective from a scene earlier like i liked that but also it's like the whole time i just wanted to scream at him and say you don't you can have both you can be weird but do your job and do a good job and keep your job like come on (laughs) i've been in the air force for 16 years i'm proof you can be weird and still have a job (laughs) it's a thing (laughs) Like I listen to Zither music all the time <laughs> at work. It's a thing. <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, yeah. Mr. Beavis just existed it, at a time where earbuds weren't a thing, so that was his ultimate downfall. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, if 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 there was a real guardian angel out there for each one of us, then like they would have stopped us from having to watch it. <laughs> Like, like I would have a guardian angel, like come on and just, and just record the podcast for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he'd be like, Hey guys, this is, this is Bill. I don't know why my guardian angel's name is Bill. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm here for Brandon and let me just record some of your, okay, look guys, the episode sucks. Don't watch it. Oh yeah. Thanks Bill. Thanks. (laughs) Oh yeah. So Mr. Beavis, in addition to, not being good proves that proves that guardian angels don't exist because they didn't come down for you to record that. <laughs> if I, if I lost my, my faith in God, it was, is when a guardian angel didn't stop right. me from watching that episode. <laughs> Do you think it would have been any better if they would have gotten, um, Burgess Meredith in the role? Like, do you think he would have added anything to it? Although I, I think that it was more that they, they were. Pl- I don't think he was ever intended to be Mr. Beavis in the Twilight Zone episode as it aired. He was supposed to be in the show um, that right. it was going to be, but just hypothetically, do you think that he could have brought anything to the role? Uh, I, I think he could have, but I think there's only so much you can do yeah. as an actor with with a script. Um, he, he's he's in another episode later on. Ah, crap! In and I'm showing how stupid I am. I don't remember. <laughs> The name of the episode, uh, but where he gets like really, really strong, Mister Dingle the Strong, duh, got it. There we go. Uh, and and that's a that's kind of a silly episode, but he makes it he makes it work because it's Burgess Meredith, right? Uh, so I think he could have added something to Mister Beavis, mm-hmm. but I don't know how much. Yeah. I don't know how much. You can only polish a. I feel bad saying turd because it's still 
Rod Serling, and it's still the Twilight Zone, but you can only you can only add so much to it. Uh, you can only squeeze so much water out of a rock. You know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the Mighty Casey that those two those two episodes kind of stand out to me as two episodes that didn't quite just didn't felt out of place in the whole season really to me they kind of stood out as not fitting with the grander show and that i mean i kind of maybe it's due to mr beavis being originally a pilot script and the mighty casey being a being an episode they had to completely re redo because the actor died <laughs> but right um yeah. yeah so i don't know that you just recently talked about it sort of recently to my ears because i just recently listened to it <laughs> on the podcast yeah. but um <laughs> throwing the baseball uh, yeah i i think i think with anthologies you kind of have to bury some of the 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 bad episodes yeah so i you know if, if they had known that those were going to be bad episodes it if they had if they had the ability of clairvoyance mm-hmm. maybe they could be like oh you know what let's and let's actually put mr beavis like more towards the middle let's let's bury it in kind of there but let's not push it towards the end of the season where we want people to to stay with us till till next year right, right? um but yeah because mr beavis is not good as we've already established right uh, the mighty <laughs> the mighty casey is is not one of my favorites be- mm-hmm. i mean not because it's baseball but right. just because it's not super great Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but at least at least they ended on strong with uh, a world of his own. So yeah, I at least we got that. Yeah, there we go. Um, also, I'll throw in as kind of a dishonorable. I don't even want to say dishonorable dishonorable mention because I I did grow to like this a little bit more than I originally did. But mirror image was an episode I was not crazy about. Um, you're not crazy about the guy running at the end. No. Right as much as as much as I would like to be, um, no, that did not work for me. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll throw that in there too. Like um, in in your head, in your head, if you didn't have like the the cheesy image of him chasing his his double, like in your head, would that be a better ending? Like ooh. if it was if it was done right, uh, like if it's done now, do you, do you hmm. think do you think that would have affected your opinion on the ending? It would have been a little bit easier to swallow, but I think that my problems with it was that it was a little bit more um, ambiguous than I would have liked it to be. And I think that okay. even if they did the even if they did the effects right, or like they they had the effects, the budget to do it, or the the um, technology to do it well. I think that I would still have problems with it because it seemed like it was going one way, or it seemed like it was it didn't seem like it was really committing to one like thought or one, one central idea through the episode, like much like my really kind of half-assed answer to your question here. Um, It didn't really focus on (laughs) one specific thing, (laughs) but it was, it was definitely, uh, definitely, I think it had some script problems with me too, but the Mm. goofy ending also didn't really help matters at all. Um, (laughs) But I ended up liking it a little bit better than I thought I would. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I got I got an email from a listener, and I think he he emails all the Twilight Zone. I think so. podcasts. <laughs> I think I know uh, which one you're but, talking about. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and he mentioned 
like that his thoughts were that everybody in mirror image was getting replaced at this bus station Mm -hmm. and like including like the the bus attendant and all the people who are in the bus station uh and and i thought that was a a more interesting thought Mm -hmm. coming out of it like this invasion of the body snatchers where where all this the people fall asleep and then they get replaced by their their mirror image yeah and and i i i think i would have liked that a lot more um a lot more if that was if that was done that way um but unfortunately it's not um and yeah i I believe it's greg that that was emailing yeah yeah Yeah, great guy i I always get a kick whenever i get a get an email from him um (laughs) on it but yeah i mean it's a good read on it it's it's a good read but i don't know um i wish it was something more substantial in the episode um if that was what they were going for yeah, I got, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Shouldn't shouldn't have to read too much into it and and add your own story to make it to make an episode good. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, so to kind of wind down because I've I've held you hostage long enough here. I think um, to kind of wind down going forward in season two. Now I'm in a position where I've never seen any episode of season two. So judging from my, I don't know, judging from season one. Season two compared to season one, how how am I going to like it? What can I expect out of season two? Is there are there any drastic changes in in the show that much without uh, spoiling too much? Let me let me go back in my in my head of all the episodes I've watched so far this season because mm-hmm. because uh, I'm working my way through season two obviously right now right um I in some ways I think I like season two a little bit more then season one interesting okay in some in some ways Mm -hmm. and and maybe that's maybe that's too premature because i'm not because i'm not even halfway through the season yet Mm -hmm. uh but i mean the the quality is still there they're just maybe the episodes aren't as memorable um or not as iconic necessarily i mean there is there are obviously the howling man is in season two Mm -hmm. um and which is which is a really good episode, as I mentioned before, with Doctor Corcoran. Mm-hmm. The Nick of Time is William Shatner. That's the one with the the bobblehead devil. Nice. That's uh, <laughs> to to those not watching. That's that's my impression of the little head moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and oh, and uh, the obsolete man is is, mm-hmm. is another great one in season two, and that's at the the very end. Mm-hmm. I mean, there. I say there's not really there. Any, any iconic ones, but I just mentioned three. Right. Those are all, those are all really good episodes. So yeah, it's premature, but you'll, I think you'll like season two. Nice. I'm looking forward to it. I'm also, I of the, I of the beholder, isn't it? And that's one of the ones that has permeated everything. <laughs> smack, smack my head. Right. Smack my head. Yeah. I of the beholder, the invaders. Those mm-hmm. are, those are two other ones, dude. Yeah. Okay. It's solidifying my position. <laughs> Nice. Season two. Well, we'll have to see what uh, what weird nitpicks I can I can have for season two and alienate more of my audience here on anthology. <laughs> um, alienate nothing. Alienate nothing. <laughs> um. Okay. So so to kind of wind down. Thanks for coming on, man, and chatting with me. This has been this has been fun. Um, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not dancing. quite dancing. sure. I'm having so much fun. All right, well there you go. It's weird if you're if you're dancing and we're still holding hands, that would be 
That's that's <laughs> kind of a weird image that I just put so into much. the viewers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> into the listeners' heads. Um, so to kind of, kind of wind down, what, um, uh, where can we find, uh, you online and, uh, submitted for your approval? And what does the future hold for your podcasting? Oh man, you would, you would ask me the, the hard hitting question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let me, let me grab my book of, my giant book of links. Nice. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Get my scroll. All right. So there's a few ways you can get a hold of, of me for submitting for your approval. Uh, if you want to, if you want to get a hold of me, like send me notes or anything like that, I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash S4YA. That's, that's Sierra, the number four Yankee Alpha podcast. Nice. I mean, that, that took, that took way too long, but facebook.com slash S4YA podcast. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Both of those are at S4YA underscore podcast. Uh, also Gmail, S4YA podcast without the underscore at gmail.com. Also, I have a, I have a phone number that I spent like thirty hours trying to find something with TZ Pod in it, <laughs> and nobody's nobody's ever called it. So, but that's yes. a thing. Eight six zero go TZ Pod, okay. and then I am <laughs> then I want to. My website is www.apatheticenthusiasm.com slash. I, I got to get a better link for this slash submitted <laughs> dash for dash. Your dash approval. <laughs> there has to be an easier way. There has oh, to be. Oh wow! Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> terrific. That's terrific. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I I didn't plan all those links out when I started everything up, so maybe I'll maybe I'll get them fixed. Yeah, that's... and of course. Uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, Sorry. Of co- uh, I'm just gonna say, uh, and of course, I'm I'm on iTunes, Stitcher, any any podcatcher. I'm I'm out there. So. Uh, Hit me, hit me up any really, anytime. I always have my phone on me. I always have Twitter on me. <laughs> so if somebody if somebody shoots me a message, I will respond to you. At, at the very least, I'll, I'll heart it. Nice, nice. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, in funny on that same note, I also have that voicemail account set up, and I don't know. Some episodes I don't even mention it because I'm like, no one's really calling, and it's kind of like. <laughs> If I do incorporate voicemails, it's kind of, I don't know, it would be a whole thing, but I don't know. Um, yeah, so let's call each other's voicemails, essentially, is what I'm getting at here. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks again for coming on. And, uh, and, uh, I look forward to all of your podcasting and all of your work in the future. And, uh, yeah, um, can't wait to hear your thoughts on season two. Uh, thank- once I get to it. Thank. I just want to say thank you so much for having me on on the sh- on the show. Uh, it 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 means it means a lot to hanging out with you. Oh. Um, and I, uh, you know, we we established this this podcast friendship, our mm-hmm. our pod friendship, our friend cast, right. if you will. And and I just I just think it's so cool. Before I started podcasting, I didn't know that I I didn't expect to ever like mate and make relationships with with folks that I'd. Totally. just across the country just audio wise mm-hmm. and i this is just so cool to me so so again thanks for having me on the, on the show and and be my friend i agree completely and <laughs> and you're welcome and i will be hitting you up, hitting you up for money um pretty soon since <laughs> we are at that point in our friendship here <laughs> no 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 problem <laughs> just send it just give me a call 860 go tz pod 
<laughs> leave a leave Perfect. me a voicemail. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, thanks again. And, uh, yeah, that's it for season one. Uh, I'll do a whole thing with the surveys and stuff here. So this won't be the actual end of the episode, but it's an awkward transition to end this, uh, interview here. So thank you guys for listening and stay tuned. Okay. Thank you once again to Brandon Cruz for joining me for this episode discussing Season one of the Twilight Zone. I highly recommend checking out uh, all of his podcast uh, endeavors, and I also recommend checking out his uh, his Rick and Morty podcast. Uh, it's Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast, which was recently launched um, on ApatheticEnthusiasm dot com. Highly recommend checking that out. Brandon is a great guy, and I was really glad to get him on this episode um, to talk about the Twilight Zone and various tangents and everything. It was a, it was a fun time. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Um, so now what I'm going to do to kind of wind down this, this episode, cause it has run a bit long, which is fine. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read the survey results that I got on the, on the website at anthologypod.com slash survey. Um, got a few, got a few responses. So I'm just going to kind of go through them and, and read them. Uh, first up, Carla Margolis, uh, she said that her favorite season one episode was Passage for Trumpet. Uh, and when asked what, why it was her favorite, she said, uh, Jack Klugman gave such a beautiful, sweet performance in this episode. My dad was a jazz musician and broke on and off having to, and broke on and off having to hawk his instrument over and over. I love the actors being in their own world as he tries to talk to them. I love this episode and his, and his heartbreaking performance in, in praise of Pip in a later season. I was happy this episode ended on a sweet and positive note. And let's see, her least favorite, uh, episode was The Fever. And she said, although I like the acting in this episode, uh, the sound the the sound the machine makes is so off-putting i rarely want to watch it and as for favorite moment or scene from season 1 she said there are so many i love walking distance when the lead leaves the gas station and can be seen walking away in the mirrored reflection a through the looking glass moment and least least favorite moment or scene from season 1 is Men- mr denton on doomsday it sounds it sounded too painful to watch Mr. Denton being mocked and humiliated. I totally get that. It it is it is really uh really tough to to watch. Um cuz you just empathize so much with that character. And favorite ending of season 1? My favorites have changed so often over the years. Right now my favorite ending would be tied between Where is Everybody and A World of His Own. And least favorite ending of season 1? I know everyone loves the ending uh, to time enough at last, but I have always felt it to be very unfair. Usually in Twilight Zone, a kind of moral moral justice is meted out at the end, and it, and in this era, the fellow students' only desire was to read, and the punishment was far too harsh. But great performance by Burgess Meredith. And to answer the question of how did how did uh, Carlo feel about the about season one of the Twilight Zone overall? So many wonderful episodes bursting at the seams. Love the vast majority of the episodes in this season. So thank you for your response there. And the next one comes in from Greg Tyson, who has written in, uh, written into the show several times and is always his feedback and input into the episodes is always appreciated. Um, his favorite season one episode was the after hours. 
And he said that it's uh, the unapologetically surrealistic feel of the episode, the genius staging of Marsha White's incarceration in the in the department store, and the twist ending are all reasons that it was his favorite. And he he said Anne Francis is also a babe for the ages. Or his least favorite is a tie between Mr. Beavis and the Mighty Casey. And he said, I did, however, appreciate the message of Mr. Beavis and Rod Serling's wistful intro in Casey. Their episodes obviously near and dear. They are episodes obviously near and dear to Serling's heart, which makes the ultimate direness of both products all the more depressing. Uh, his favorite moment or scene from season one. At the end of Where Is Everybody, when Mike Ferris comes out of his delusion, we see he is he has smashed a clock on the wall of his isolation booth. At the start of the episode, just before Mike's slow descent into madness while exploring an empty, an eerily empty town over the course of a day, he knocks over a clock. The time the clock displays is roughly identical to the time on the clock Mike smashes at the episode's conclusion, suggesting Inception-like that a day in Mike's delusion lasts only seconds in the waking world. Um, man, that is an awesome observation. That is fantastic. Um, he also said the opening of a world of difference is also a real kick in the head. Uh, least favorite moment or scene, uh, <laughs> of season one was how Gart's wife says Huckleberry Finn. Uh, I'll have to go back and check that out. Um, favorite ending of season one. I do remember she said it kind of, I, I get that. Uh, favorite ending of season one was Corey's artificial love interest in the lonely having her face blown off is a turn I won't soon forget. And least favorite ending of season one. While I like mirror, mirror image overall, the quaint effects work, uh, the quaint effects work utilized while harried Paul Grinston Grinstead chases his doppelganger really leaves a sour taste in one's mouth. And how did, and how did he feel about season one of the twilight zone overall? Greg said the best season of the twilight zone and one of the best seasons of television ever essential viewing. The embarrassment of riches on display is staggering considering how many episodes they produced a Serling absent show would, would likely have validated that age old saw quantity does not necessarily equal quality. Uh, sadly, the amount of output demanded of Serling really took a toll on the man, as the seasons ahead will demonstrate. And I'm looking forward to uh, checking going forward and seeing seeing how the episode, how the show evolves in in time. Um, despite that somewhat ominous uh, um, statement, uh, the next reply comes from uh, Kevy Nova from kevynova.com. That's K-E-V-Y-N-O-V-A.com. And their favorite episode was The After Hours, saying, After 30 years and hundreds of viewings, it still scares me, but also makes me laugh at times. Least favorite season one episode was The Mighty Casey, saying, I still love it, just not much of a sports fan. I can I can understand that. Uh, favorite moment of favorite moment or scene of season one. This is too hard to decide, but for me, the scene where Lou sacrifices himself and one for the angels, that's up there for me too. Um, least favorite moment or scene of season one. <laughs> they put none. I I can respect that. Uh, favorite ending of season one was mirror image, and least favorite ending of season one was the lonely, just because it's depressing. And finally, what did, uh, how did you feel about season one of The Twilight Zone overall? It's the single greatest debut season of any show in television history. And I, I mean, it, it's up there. <laughs> it's definitely up there. Um, 
Yeah, again, that comes from Kevinova at kevinova.com. And uh, yeah, those are actually all the form responses that I have from the survey. Um, the other one I had was Brandon's, but we kind of went through all that earlier in this episode. Um, so yeah, so uh, first of all, I just really, once again, I really appreciate everyone listening to the podcast and interacting with me and, and um, uh, interacting with me, giving me feedback, all that stuff. And it's really, really appreciated. And I'm really looking forward to digging into season two and, uh, and really, uh, really, really expanding my knowledge of the twilight zone. Um, and on that note, I actually got a piece of feedback, uh, the beginning of January, um, from listener Carlos. And I want to kind of just touch on that here in this episode because he gave some really good, um, constructive criticism that I kind of wanted to, wanted to address on the podcast. So I'll read a portion of the comment that he left on the, um, blog post for bonus episode 10 of anthology that covered shut up and dance from black mirror season three, which that blog post is at anthologypod.com slash bonus 10. Uh, so Carlos writes, I generally like the podcast and have listened to several of your episodes. I listen to the Twilight Zone podcast as well. I do have a few comments, however. I notice that you oftentimes unfairly call into question certain parts of episodes. For instance, in a passage for Trumpet, you use the word dated for an effect. As a previous commenter mentioned about another episode, uh, about another episode you created, these shows were broadcast in the 1960s. What may seem dated now probably wasn't dated then. Many of these themes and effects were copied for decades after these shows aired. In the same podcast, you mentioned that you feel that the mention of Gabrielle's trumpet was foreign to you and that it took away from the episode. Again, this was 1960s America. The vast majority of people would have known the reference. You made another comment about something Jack Klugman's character said in the pawn shop. Language changes over time. Someone writing in the 1960s can't be expected to anticipate what language will be like 40 years later lastly in your podcast for a nice place to visit you commented that you've never heard the never heard of the phrase i would wager the vast majority of people in this country have heard the phrase if not now then definitely in the 1960s um and then he goes on to just say that uh he generally likes the podcast they're a real real flaws in some of these episodes some aren't great stories some have bad acting and some uh twists you can see coming a mile away though i might add that you can see them coming a mile away because they've been copied over and over again since the original series aired and then he went on to say that being said what might get me to stop listening to the podcast is if you uh keep nitpicking about things that you just don't happen to know anything about because you live a different life than uh most people were living in the 1960s and then he concludes by saying, you can't hold writers from the 1960s accountable for what someone in the year 2016 knows or doesn't know. So, uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you, Carlos, for that, uh, for that comment. I really appreciate the, uh, feedback and, uh, the constructive crit criticism. Um, what I want to kind of address about it really is that, a lot of the times when, when I make those comments, like saying that I didn't know what Gabrielle's trumpet was, I didn't know, uh, some of the effects look kind of silly by today's comparisons. I, I always do that with the caveat that I am watching it for the first time in 2016, 2017, um, as a, as a person who's never seen the Twilight Zone. I always do that with that caveat and I never, and I, I never, uh, use those, um, those criticisms or, or those not even criticism, those nitpicks because they, they are nitpicks. I am nitpicking the show. Um, I never use those nitpicks to, 
influence my overall enjoyment of the episode. Those are just comments from my perspective as someone in 2017 who was watching it for the first time. Um, it's just kind of, kind of one of the, one of the things about the podcast is that I'm experiencing it for the first time. So I'm, I'm going to make those comments. I'm, I'm sure, but I, I will be more, more conscious of, of how I, uh, how I make those comments because I don't want anyone to think that I'm using that, using that perception of the show, um, to essentially to critique the show because, because that's really not fair. It's really not fair to say like, okay, well the zoom up, the the tight zoom on the lady screaming as Jack Klugman's character gets gets run over in uh in a passage for trumpet that's that was kind of silly by today's standards so this is a lesser episode for me i never want to make that connection i never want to make it, it seem like i'm making that connection that i'm faulting the episode for just for it being a 50 year old show um so i just wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit. And once again, Carlos, thank you for, uh, writing in and, and letting, uh, letting me know how you feel. And I hope that, I hope that, uh, my comments going forward, don't take, take your listenership away, but I do appreciate you listening and I appreciate everyone listening. And I appreciate everyone who's written in over the course of the first season. And I'm really excited to go forward and watch uh, season two of the twilight zone. um, I'm going to be starting season two here in a couple weeks with uh, King Nine Will Not Return. And the bonus review on that episode is going to be Bomber's Moon, an episode of uh, Playhouse 90. The entire episode of Bomber's Moon is on YouTube right now. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes of this episode so you guys can check it out and uh, be prepared for the first episode of season two of Anthology. And finally, uh, next week we're going to have a special guest on the show to talk about the time element. Um, that's going to be Tiny uh, from The Obsessive Viewer. Uh, he and I recorded a review of it. We kept it spoiler-free because the time element, unfortunately, isn't that easily accessible. Um, it's available in several of the Twilight Zone Blue, uh, uh, DVDs and Blu-ray sets. Um, I have it in my Fifth Dimension box set. And that's how we watched it. But unfortunately, it's not on YouTube. I, I don't know if it's available to purchase on like Amazon or iTunes or anything like that. However, there is a radio drama version of it on Audible that is uh, $1.39. It's a 39-minute uh, recording. It's got Stacey Keach and uh, I didn't write down who, who else was in it, but... Um, yeah, it's a dollar and thirty nine cents. It's on Audible. Um, you can check it out to to get the story there. It sounds like that's a really good production value on it as well. Um, so yeah. So having said all that, guys, thank you so much for listening to season one of Anthology, and uh, and also checking out my Black Mirror bonus reviews. I'll be having my um, final. Black Mirror bonus review episode up shortly uh, to review Hated in the Nation and. Yeah, that about does it for this episode of Anthology. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Anthology, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more episodes at AnthologyPod.com, 
And you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast app. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please take a few minutes to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. The more reviews I get, the higher the show will be ranked in iTunes search results, making it easier for people to discover it and grow the podcast. Of course, you can always email me your thoughts and feelings about the show to matt at obsessiveviewer.com. You can also tweet me at obsessiveviewer, like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash anthologypod, or you can call and leave me a voicemail at 317 762 6099 for a chance to have it played on the show. If you like what you've heard here, I urge you to check out The Obsessive Viewer, a weekly movie and TV podcast I host with my friends Mike and Tiny. Also check out The Obsessive Viewer blog at obsessiveviewer.com where I write movie reviews, TV reviews, and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. If you want even more obsessive content in your life, subscribe to The Obsessive Viewer subreddit at r slash obsessiveviewer and check out obsessivebooknerd.com, our sister site for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out my friend Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com. Once again, thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.